Welcome to Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids, a podcast that steps into alternative education, parenting, and living a funner, fuller family life. I'm Robin, home educator, unschooling mom to two funny, eclectic kids, and we're here to create a space for families to listen, connect, learn from others, and be inspired. Join us every two weeks to hear interviews and tips from experts in learning, education, and parenting, and stories from families that are playing full out in the arena of life and education. World schooling, unschooling, alternative schooling, homeschooling, or just creating a whole new style of learning. Hello, Mom. How are you today? I'm good, Ronan. How are you? I'm great. So you wanted to talk about something right now or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, first, before we begin today with our latest episode, I just wanted to uh, mention again, if you heard the last episode, you would know from the intro of the last episode that I'm building a Patreon page. And before I get that up and running this fall, I'd first like to hear some feedback from you, from the listeners. What is a Patreon, Mom? I don't quite know what that is. That's a great question. Uh, Patreon is actually a crowdsourcing platform for creatives. And for me, although this podcast is free for, for the listeners, creating the show is not. And it, of course, takes time. But there's also many costs along with creating the show. There's a cost of equipment, editing software, hosting for archiving the files, hosting the website. And each episode is researched, booked, developed, planned, loaded on the website, recorded, organized, edited. All of these things takes a lot of time as well. And with Patreon, it will be able to help me to keep producing the show and to offer it to all for free. And what happens through Patreon is listeners can become a patron of the show by donating money to the show. And what happens is when you do, each patron will, will receive uh, special gifts and rewards from me. You understand that so far? Yes, I understand it. Okay, so that's what Patreon is and why it's important to me right now. But before I do all of that, before we get into building a Patreon page, I'd first like to hear from the listeners. Uh, what are you looking for? I'd like to know, what are you looking for? What rewards would you like to receive? Is it something like bonus episodes or maybe some swag, maybe special offers? Would you like an insider's view to the podcast? Maybe book giveaways? I know so many of my uh, guests offer some great book away book giveaways to listeners. So if those are some of the things that interest you, please let me know. And those are the things that I can incorporate into um, Patreon, onto my Patreon page for Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids. Cool. In this episode, I believe my mom is interviewing Kalina Amuchustegi. Right. Is that how you say your name? Yeah, that's right. Kalina Amuchustegi. Okay, Kalina Amuchustegi, right? <laughs> Pretty close, yeah. Yeah, no, okay. Tell me about Kalina, Mom. So Kalina Amuchastegi is a recovering workaholic that walked away from a busy real estate business to become a homeschool mom to her kids, a world schooler, and an advocate for alternative education. And she's also the creator of the five-hour school week. I don't really know what that is, so please tell me about that, Mom. Well, Kalina actually has a website, a Facebook page, Instagram, and you can find it at the at Five Hour School Week. She also has a book. It's called The Five Hour School Week, an inspirational guide, classroom to embrace learning in a way you never imagined. And through all of this, what she does is she provides uh, support. She provides encouragement and um, inspiration to other parents that are looking into homeschooling or unschooling or that um, type of journey that are just looking, that are questioning uh, the way, the normality of things, and if they can do something differently to strengthen their family bonds and learning. So it was a great interview, and she's so honest and passionate, and that's what I loved about it. Awesome. And enjoy, and follow my mom on Instagram also. That would be great. And enjoy. Today, I have Kalina Muchastegi joining me today. Kalina, thank you so much for joining me on the show. <laughs> I really appreciate you taking the time out in your busy travel schedule to, to chat. It's so exciting to be here. <laughs> so Kalina Muchastegi founded a successful real estate brokerage before feeling like she was losing touch with her children. As a recovering workaholic, she gave up her career and pulled her kids out of school to create the five-hour school week with her husband, Aaron. Her family's, which is her family's approach to living, learning, traveling, and entrepreneurship. 
Kalia is excited to share and encourage parents with the great news that we do, in fact, have choices when it comes to educating our children and that we can even enjoy this parenting journey. Thank you very much, Kalina. So many, so many points I resonate with in that. Yeah, it's an ex- it's ex- it's supposed to be exciting, I think. It is. It's not supposed to be torturous, is it? <laughs> exactly. In fact, my that's the biggest thing I say. I go, if you hate this, then you you shouldn't be doing it that way. We yeah. can change it, you know. Yeah, that's and that's the other thing too. You can change it. You can stop and say, okay, this what's this is not working. What's not working? And I can do something differently instead of sticking to the the drudgery and uh, keep singing into the mud hole pretty well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So you are, how many kids do you have? Let's start with, you can maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and your family, and then we can get into how you've come to the point where you are now. So how many kids do you have? Yeah, we have four kids. We have three girls and a boy, um, 12, 11, 12, 10, nine, and three. So three girls and a boy. And you know, really our story starts, I feel like most people's story starts. We had a list of all the things we should do. We had a very clear picture of how we were going to get there and accomplish it and what success looked like for us um, as we started our family and got married and started our careers. And we were really lucky. I mean, my husband is an entrepreneur we were in real estate. We kind of found a niche and had some really successful years in um, the real estate world. And we really truly just woke up, you know, 10 years into that journey with three children who two of them were going to full-time school. We had a nanny raising them. And while the monetary success was there. We were missing out on life and there wasn't much about our life that felt successful. There was just a deep longing for something different. And so we were really, I just feel so blessed in the fact that we had some perspective and that when it got really difficult and we were like, this isn't how life is supposed to feel, we were able to take action and change it. And so we went through, I mean, first my husband and I had to go through our own growth journey and, you know, a popular phrase I feel like I hear in our community, our unschooling communities and homeschool communities is we had to unlearn a lot of stuff that we had been taught. And so as we went down that journey and it took time, I think I was a good two years in to really learning about growth mindset and emotional intelligence and figuring out who I was as a person that I realized one of the biggest links was that I wasn't bringing my kids along on that journey. And I was growing and I was thriving and my children were sitting at a desk all day and missing all of this. And so that really brought us to the five-hour school week. My husband was a big Tim Ferriss fan. I don't know if you're familiar, but he wrote the four hour work week. Yeah. Oh, I'm very familiar with Tim Ferriss. Yeah. Yeah. He's just one of our favorites. And so my husband actually redesigned his company around that philosophy. He started coaching and speaking to the effects of how, you know, working less was actually bringing him more business, how we were happier and thriving as a family. And really, somebody just stood up one day at one of his talks and said, Well, how does this apply to our children? And it just was that moment of just like, oh, we can do exactly this with our children. And I knew very little. I'm going to be honest. I was raised by an educator. My husband was raised by an educator. And so for us, traditional schooling was the only option. I didn't realize that there was I mean, I knew a couple of homeschoolers in the tiny Oregon town that I grew up in, but they weren't our type of people, right? And so they were different and it wasn't something that my parents talked about as a choice. And so, I mean, my husband's mother is a superintendent of a school (laughs) district. And so, right. So like for us, this was the only way I didn't, we grew up in a tiny rural 
Oregon town where unschooling and world schooling and all of these options had never been spoken about. And so here we were in Northern California, unhappy. And honestly, the vice principal of the school that my girls were going to just one year, he was leaving. He was starting a school of his own because he couldn't send his kids to the school that he was a vice principal. Wow, that's telling. (laughs) And I, I, right. That's very telling to me. And so I invited him out to coffee and I, he was just a man that I respected and I loved his philosophy and the way that the kids gravitated towards him. And so I'm like, why are you leaving? Where are you going? And he, in, in one coffee meeting, my entire life changed. He introduced me to Peter Gray and John Holt and um, Ted Dintersmith and just all this other literature that existed. And he spoke of a school that he was starting an Acton Academy for entrepreneur mm-hmm. yeah. um, and their children. And, you know, it was, in, and then I started a new journey and that's how we got here is a little bit of, you know, Tim Ferriss and a little bit of um, Peter Gray and just trusting a process that I'm so unfamiliar with. Even still, I just feel like I'm still learning something new every single day. Yeah. But I really felt called to share with parents that parents like me who didn't know that there were choices. Cause I think that that is one of the biggest problems is that we don't know, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And so I just want to, yell it from the rooftops that we have so many options um, and we don't have to be unhappy parents. Right, right. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. I find a common theme as well. And I guess it goes along with like, uh, if you're, I don't know if you're familiar with Joseph Campbell, the hero's journey, and that those little ports of entry, you know, that, that, you know, when we're on our path, that start us on the path to our own hero's journey. And, you know, the little calls to action or those people we meet along the way that just drop those tidbits for us, that, you know, just at the right time when we're ready, you know, to accept that path that we take and are open to and, okay, I'm going to take a little bit of that. And that leads to the next point, to the next point. So I really hear that, those points of entry and those little tidbits that were placed just perfectly along your path going into that. So I really was. Yeah, yeah, it was. So I I do want to ask, and this kind of is jumping ahead a little bit, but because you had mentioned this, and I think I read about on your website as well, I think you'd mentioned it in one of your blog posts as well, that, you know, you grew up, I think, was it your stepmom was an educator, was a teacher, or I'm trying to remember, right? Um, Yes. So having, on both sides, for you and your husband, uh, how, how has that been? approaching this lifestyle, which is really very different from the traditional schooling norm. Um, how have you had support on that, on that way? Have, um, ha, how has that been? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, so my mother-in-law, who is a superintendent of a school district is, you know, she has helped create amazing curriculum for students. She has dedicated her whole life to helping children with special needs and has really made massive impact in the education world in the small town that we're at. And even goes to like Portland to lobby for Portland, Oregon to lobby for certain measures. And she's very forward thinking. I mean, she definitely supports and loves what I do with her grandchildren. And she tells me all the time and sends me resources and I mean, she bought so many of our books and handed them out to teachers. And it always just makes my heart happy because I get so many teachers that email me and say, this is what teaching is. This is what learning is. We love what you are creating. And even teachers that are like, we're implementing some of this in our classrooms. This is so beautiful. And so I get that. My stepmother is very traditional in her schooling and the way that we are to learn. And there is a little bit of disagreeing on if this is the right path for my kids, because it isn't the path that I took. And so I think it's a lot like what you just said, that we receive information when we're ready for it. And I just have to recognize as I go down this journey, there will be so many people that don't 
understand and aren't ready to see this as a path because of so many different reasons, because of their own conditioning and their own childhood and their own experiences. And so, you know, sometimes it can be difficult to explain why we make the choices that we make, but we can just have a mutual respect for each other regardless, you know. I I agree. Absolutely. It's all, you know, all on our own time. And sometimes, and for some of us, the time might not come, you know, it's our our path is our path as, as it is for this lifetime. And yeah. And I I agree. We we respect each other's differences and and opinions and um, enjoy each other the best we can in within that for sure. It's a really exciting, I, I think something that's so exciting though, when you talk about generational education kind of, is that it gets really exciting for me to get to break, to change it up a little bit. We get to break some change and chains and we get to unlearn some things that maybe have been taught as fact that we get to go, oh, maybe there's a new truth to that. And so in my kids, it won't feel so uncomfortable, um, you know, because it was uncomfortable and it was very scary for us to make the choices that we did because of our upbringing. And so I think it'll be more comfortable for our children and I get excited about that. Right. Yeah. You're laying the, you know, the foundation yeah. and the new foundation in that way. Yeah. Yeah. You really are. So, so for your kids then saying that as well, in the beginning, how did you approach the change to them? Did you say, okay, was it like an overnight, you guys were not going back to school next week? Did you finish out the year? How did that, and how were they receptive? How did that go? Yeah, I talk about that so much in the beginning of our book because my uh, journey to change took a while. My husband, Aaron, is so confident. um, And when he knows that it's the right way, he's just ready to jump in with both feet. And it, I mean, I was the PTA president at our school. I was very (laughs) involved. I volunteered constantly. I was friends with our teachers and the administration. And so a big part of my life existed in the school. So it's right. And, I, and I'm and I'm giggling. I'm not laughing yeah. at you. I'm giggling because I understand. I, I've been there. Yeah. Yes, I, I get the. It's hard. There's an attachment and everything that everything that we knew, every person that we hung out with and spent our time with was attached to the school. And so it took me 18 months from the first time that I really said I could do this to taking them out of school. And what's funny is the summer prior to that last year, and it wasn't a year, they were in for one month starting. um, I said, we're done. I'm absolutely done. And then I got the phone call. We'd like you to continue as PTA president. Um, I'm like, okay, we'll be back. And so we go back. And we were so done though. Like my kids were not thriving and they were unhappy to go. And I was not thriving and I was unhappy to go. And so when it came for parent teacher conferences, it was, it became just very apparent to me that we had served our time and there was a new path for us. And the kids were very excited and the transition for them was easy. I had put all of my eggs into one basket. I had said, we're going to do this one curriculum, this one program. I still was, hadn't quite understood unschooling and self-directed learning. And I was really just trying to find something easy that we could fall into, I guess, was my initial thought. Like what's going to replace school was how I started this journey. And on day one, Robin, I just, it really hit me like a ton of bricks. This curriculum isn't going to work for us. We are not going to be on day one. On day one? Yes. We have a program. I don't know if you have it in Canada, but in the States, we have a program called K through 12. And they advertise it all over the television. Easy homeschooling. You know, they take care of it all for you. Essentially, what I didn't realize is it is bringing the public school system into your home. And so they require the same right. amount of hours and it's the same curriculum. And I'm like, why would I do that? I was leaving the school to get some freedom. And so I hung up from calling, you know, and ordering and doing all the things and saying, oh, we're not doing this. And so we sat down that week and I just started asking, what do you want to learn? And that's, 
that's really the beginning of the five hour school week was in that moment of just starting to dissect what interested my children and how we could go about learning it. And I was lucky enough to stumble across de-schooling, you know, very early on. And so we just took a nice break from any formal sort of academics. And so the transition went very, very nicely for us uh, in the beginning, for sure. Okay. So your kids were ready when, you know, you had talked about this and the family had talked about this together. They were like, okay, yeah, we were fine with leaving school and, and doing this. Yes. I absolutely knew that I didn't want it to feel like I was it was my decision. Ultimately, I wanted them to be choosing. And in the same mm-hmm. way now, if they were to choose that they wanted to go back to um, a, a more formal schooling of some sort, whether, rather it be an alternative sort of classroom or even back to school, it is, it is ultimately their choice. And so yeah. as hard as that is sometimes as a parent, um, they were definitely even more ready than I was in the beginning, I think. That always, that does make, well, then it becomes about, yeah, that's what you said. It, it's not about you as a parent, uh, you know, pushing something else. It's the family journey, yeah. the journey that you're on together. And it just makes it that much easier yeah, as well. Absolutely. So then you've also incorporated traveling into your journey as well. And did, was that something that came up right away? Or as you had the freedom and time in your de-schooling, uh, that was what, you felt, you know, this is something that we want to do. Did you travel before as a family? How did that work into your life? So Aaron started needing to travel for his job and he was gone about one week out of every month. And we wanted to start to travel. We wanted to go with him. We missed him. And so when the girls were in school, that became difficult. There were homework issues and they were missing so many different things. And so that starting our journey had a lot to do with the freedom piece. We wanted to be able to go when and where we wanted to. We had never traveled outside the country though with our children. In fact, it really overwhelmed me and felt like it was impossible to do that. I think the furthest we'd ever gone was Hawaii just a handful of times with the girls. So when we started this, I really wanted to add travel and I wanted to get really brave. I told Aaron, because I had this feeling, we say, we make blanket statements about our children all the time. Like we want them to know, you know, they can achieve anything in the world. And I remember coming back and saying, but how can they know what that is if they don't know how big the world is? And so I just had this, we need to limit our borders. We need to break outside of this bubble was really that feeling in the beginning of just how far can we take this? Where can we go? And traveling felt like the most exciting way to experience that. And so we started, in fact, what's funny is we started, our first country was Canada. We were traveling with a group of entrepreneurs and we went on our first ski trip to Whistler. And, you know, the kids got their passports and it was such a success. We spent a week in Vancouver afterwards and Oh, the the culture was beautiful. We experienced so many different things. And the girls really got the travel bug after that. And we found ourselves in Cuba and then going, you know, East Coast. And then I really wanted the kids to experience a little bit more of the hard things and to see places that looked much different than where they were growing up. My daughter, Maddie, has a sponsor child uh, through Compassion International. It's just a, a ch- you can sponsor a child for $30 a month to help with their education. And with part of her allowance, she pays and has for like five years, a little girl named Sahanza. And so for Maddie's 10th birthday, I was able to take her to Sri Lanka to meet Sahanza. And that trip oh, wow. changed kind of everything in the way that we viewed travel. Because it became about bringing, instead of taking something from the experience, bringing something to the experience. And so now we we go to Haiti uh, two to three times a year. And, um, you know, we are looking at going to India and Mexico. And so all these different short-term kind of mission trips are what really gets us excited now. 
So can you give me an example of, and I, I absolutely agree, it becomes about instead of taking, it comes yeah. becomes about bringing and being, um, yeah, I think you, you really understand that we are just a part of this entire circle of the, in the world, really. We're not, uh, you know, we, we are all part, <laughs> we are, are all part of this whole. What are some things that, um, yeah, you're able to bring instead of take that you found was really uh, important for your family? Well, one of the most, we really enjoy going to Haiti. We go out there with a great organization that lets kids be a part of the mission, but they really do mission through um, tourism. And it's less about giving to people in the way like monetarily giving, building their houses the way that some some organizations do. Instead, it's really about coming and eating at the local restaurants and buying from the local artisans and loving on the people, just being part of the community. And one of my favorite parts of that experience is we stay at this, uh, this resort and it's nice. You know, there's electricity and running water, which isn't in the majority of the country where we're staying. And yep. so we're up on this magnificent hilltop and outside of the gates is the village. I mean, there's just hundreds of families and children's and they're, you know, they're living in their thatch roof houses and they're walking down to the river to get their water for the day and to clean their clothes. And we go outside the gates and we do life with them. We go carry water, uh, you know, we go down to the river and we carry water up for them to give them a break. And we sit and we wash clothes with them. And the children play together in the streams and just, just really come to be community and just be with people and to experience how other people live in different parts of the world, how they eat and how, I mean, how they go to market. Going to market on Saturday with this group is the most incredible experience because you see how people get their food for the week and that it's much more difficult difficult than just walking into, you know, your Safeways or your Target. And so um, mm -hmm. I think that that really has the biggest impact. It's the mo Those are the moments my children talk about the most um, when it comes to travel. Right. Just remember these these kids that we met and jumping jumping the rocks in the stream um, and how I learned how to fish on that trip and um, those are the moments I, I feel like we're actually learning the very very most right the experiences not the things not the trinkets yeah. that you that you bring back it's the things that you've done and and experienced together yes absolutely so is there um, an organization that you travel to Haiti with or we do or do so you just do that with, on your own no, we go with the Hands and Feet Project. They Hands have a resort. Project, okay. Yep, Hands and Feet. And they really are about, they follow this philosophy. There's a book written called When Helping Hurts. And so they follow this philosophy of being helpful, but being helpful in the way of like providing opportunity. And it's the teach a man to fish instead of give the man the fish, right? Yes. Okay. So, yep. and which is what we love. And it, because there's so much pride when you learn to do things yourself and our kids right. know that. And so when we're able to provide opportunities and in fact, we're working on job creation right now in Haiti as a family for some of these children, as they leave their children villages, that they'll have job opportunities that we can provide. And that's what my kids want. You know, when we talk about how can we help this world my kids see the biggest way we can help the world is by creating more jobs for people, teaching them how to become entrepreneurs and self-sufficient. And so that's such a beautiful thing because I never thought that way growing up. And even, you know, my 11-year-old goes, how can we create jobs for women so that they can go out into the world and create money for their children, mom? Like, how can we do that? I love that those are the discussions we have as a family now. Yeah. Yeah. It, it becomes a very different discussion than, you know, what, what can I get? What can I buy? What can I consume? You know, it's, um, yeah, I, I love that. I think it's actually a beautiful, beautiful conversation. And, uh, I think it's a great experience and opportunity that your children have in, in learning and life and growth. I think that's phenomenal. So, you know, 
what have been, but there must be sometimes some challenges, <laughs> some difficulties, <laughs> some things that you guys uh, either maybe you expected or maybe that were totally blindsided you. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's sometimes it's different for everybody. But have you had any, whether it's, you know, when it's coming to traveling with your family and those experiences or even learning on the road or just learning in daily life? You know, have you had some challenges that you've been confronted with? Every, every day. I mean, you know, in this world of unschooling and learning how to live life alongside your children, especially if that's not the world that you come from, that in itself is a massive obstacle, Um, especially for me. I was conditioned well. I, you know, I went through K through 12. I had a college mindset and did a few years of that. This is very unnatural for me. And so one of the biggest obstacles for me is really my mindset and being a true uh, self-directed facilitator, I guess, is my biggest challenge personally. When it comes to traveling, I think expectations is always going to be our biggest difficulty because when you expect, even my kids who've been traveling now for close to four years and have been to over a dozen countries and have sat on airplanes for 12 hours, like all those things, there's this expectation that they're going to act like seasoned travelers. And the reality is that they act like children, they act like kids because they are kids. And so it's Mm -hmm. setting expectations is a challenge. Staying focused and knowing that this philosophy works and that I know in my heart and in my, in everything that this is working and our family has never been thriving and as successful as it is today. But stepping through all of that, it's terrifying, honestly. I really get stopped up by the fear of, are we doing the right thing, whatever that is? And it's those common fears that I hear from every single person that wants to start this or, or is doing this. Are we doing this the right way? Should we be going about it like this? Is it okay to let them decide what we're going to learn or take a break in this subject or whatever it is? That's definitely our, our biggest challenge. And finding space. When you come from doing things apart the way that we did for so many years, you really crave that closeness, but it takes an adjustment period. You know, I'll definitely admit to that, that learning how to self-care on this journey is difficult. I don't know if you experienced that. I haven't heard you actually speak about that very much, but just, you know, that time to be my best self is so, so crucial just so that I can model that for them. Yeah, it is it is really big. And actually, that's true. I actually haven't spoken about that a huge amount. I know I, I've i in um, like talks and presentations I've given, I've spoken it a little bit because it actually, it comes up. The question gets asked for sure. It's, you know, and I think, especially if you're world schooling and traveling and you're with your family pretty well 24-7. <laughs> and if you're, you know, you're, um, if you're in a space where you can't, maybe your kids aren't yet old enough or, you know, where you can really kind of get away on your own, how do you take that time for your own space, your own, your own care as well? I, I know I, for me personally, I, I came to a place where every year I set aside time just for me. You know, my husband and I had this agreement that um, I kind of took my own mini vacation, (laughs) whether it was with friends or just by myself. And it would look different every year. It would, you know, I, you know, and med, you know, meditation, things like that. I practice Vipassana meditation. So whether it's doing something like that and going away or, you know, having some time just with some girlfriends, it's, and maybe breaking that up, you know, three days here, or maybe it'd be a 10 day stint or something like that. It's really, it's really helped, but it also ebbs, ebbs and flows. Some, some years I'm better at that than other years. You know, I, and so that is a constant change, but, but what about you? How do you, how do you find your, your time for self-care? I know before we started recording, you talked a little bit about, uh, you have some pretty, um, pretty fantastic 
trips that are coming up for you that I think you're going to be doing on your own. But what do you do in those circumstances when you guys are gone for five weeks and it's just your family? Your... Just us. Yeah, we, before going into those situations, like right now we are about to go on a big, I have, I do have some travel on my own separately and then, but the majority is with the entire family. And we have been planning and talking about it for months about how intentional working out is fitness is a really big thing uh, for my husband and I, we, I have to work out almost five days a week, mm-hmm. really for my mind more than for my body. Yep. And yep. Uh, so we choose to stay at places that either, you know, have good fitness facilities or close by a gym that will be easy for us to get into. Um, we belong to gyms that have uh, like children's centers that my kids like going to where they can do their own yoga and fitness classes while I go and do mine. So that's really helpful. I am an early riser. I've found that in this journey, I have to get up prior to my kids getting up and I continue that practice. And it's even more crucial when we travel so that I can get up and just journal or read or listen to just an encouraging podcast and just have my time to really center my attitude and my, like how I'm going to go into my day. And that's really, really crucial when I travel and we aren't, you know, depending on how long we're going to be gone and where we're going, we're not above bringing our sitter um, with us from time on this next one, because I have several speaking engagements and we're going to a few conferences. The kids are going to be there alongside us, but we're bringing someone to play with them in the pool and stuff during the day while we're in breakout sessions. And so we really, every trip looks completely different and it just takes focus and planning to how we're going to juggle it. Those are good points. (laughs) And you're a team. Yeah, that's a huge thing that you're a team as well. And the kids know that we go into, it's so funny because we, we actually Airbnb out our California home. We live on We have 10 acres and it's a large property. So people use it for wedding as a wedding venue for family reunions. And so we use it as an Airbnb property, especially during these summer months because it's so popular. And that's when we do the majority, we do a lot of traveling or we go to our Texas home. And the people go, how can you do that? You know, with all of your kids. And the reality is my kids know this is when we pull together Everybody knows how to flip the house as a team. When we pile onto an airplane, everybody has a partner. They pack their own backpacks. So much of this lifestyle gives that opportunity to self-direct and be responsible for your own belongings and to understand time management and how to wait for things. I mean, it really is just a built-in different way of life that our kids have acclimated to now after these years of doing it. Um, and it's really, it's incredibly helpful because they know just there's times to step up and be really, you know, to be a part of this team. And then there's parts where, you know, less is expected of them, I guess. Right. That's, you know, it's, I'm, I actually, I take notes <laughs> while we're writing. <laughs> I don't know if you can my pencil scratching away as, as, we're, as we're talking, but I mean, there's just so many good points that I have written. Oh. I have like a whole page already written from notes from this conversation. It's so good. And I mean, I mean, even going back to, to those points that you're talking about self-care and I mean, those itself, I'm like, you could, I don't know if you've already done videos on those ones on the self-care, but, you know, being recognizing staying at, a, you know, a fitness a place that has a fitness facility and that also has a space for kids as well, that they can do that. Uh, rising early, I'm like, amen. Yes, I'm. you and I have so many similarities. It's funny. I do the exact same thing. I'm an early riser. Yeah. I like to go to bed early so I can just get up early. I love my early mornings. Mm-hmm. They're my favorite time of the day. <laughs> the like the light, the quiet, the peace that just happens early morning that I find is just special for that time. And I like I do get up early before the kids and read and drink my coffee and do what I need to do as well. Journal, meditate, um, bringing a sitter if you can with you on your travels, um, and working as a team, knowing that you're a team 
those are huge points. I think that you might sometimes you just I think might even take for granted or overlook, but including them in that space is so important and so refreshing as well. And it's so it's so crucial because I think I talk to so many parents that homeschool and they're so unhappy. It's such a mm-hmm. miserable experience because they feel here's the the phrase I hear. I feel like I've lost myself in it. Right. And and it's so important to remember this is about us living our best life so that our children know what that looks like. Right. Like they can't see us miserable and not learning and not fulfilling our purpose because that will be how they design their lives. Yes. It's what we do, not what we say. Exactly. And so I really, people that I talk to, I encourage, even if it's a sitter, you know, once a week, you know, or you can trade with another homeschooler and you can trade off and get that time or. You know, we're very lucky in our community. We have a free to learn facility, which is an agile learning center. And so you can do, I can drop them off at the agile learning center. You know, it's, they're open five days a week, but it's like drop in whenever it works in our schedule. And so they have a, you know, they have a certain days of the week that they like going because some of their favorite kids are there or the activities that are being provided that day. But it's really Find those things that offer support. Do not think that this is supposed to be like a lone man type job. You know, yes, because that's absolutely because you'll be miserable. Nobody could do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. No matter how much you love your children, um, that becomes unhealthy, unfortunately. And we we have to build in the things that, um, and to breathe life into all of us as a whole. Right, right. And I think that is, the, you know, living our best life. And, you know, it's if our kids see ourselves, see us ragged and unhappy and working ourselves to the bone kind of thing, and then, you know, trying and then telling them, no, you should, you know, take the time <laughs> and, you know, be creative and take the space. And yes, it's, you know, play is important, but we're not doing any of that ourselves. It's kind of like, well, wait a minute, should I be doing, you know, there's that contradiction happening that you you kind of question. Yeah. I mean, I remember as a child, not really looking forward to becoming an adult. My parents worked, you know, regular jobs. My mom was a teacher. My dad was a police officer. They brought their jobs home with them typically. And it was, hard. It looked hard growing up did and not very fun. And so, and that was kind of the lifestyle that I automatically stepped into at first was this isn't supposed to be fun, you know? And that's not actually the truth though. We are really honestly created to enjoy this life. And that looks different for every single human. And so it's just finding that journey for yourself is, it really can be exciting once you realize that, I think. So, and for you on that, I mean, you describe yourself as a former workaholic. How has that been one of the biggest adjustments for you? Or do you still battle with that? How do you, like, how does that work for you? Oh, I, I definitely struggle. I went from working, you know, 70 hours a week. I had, you know, a six figure income. I was very successful and, you know, and people would tell you that you're very successful and that's nice to hear that and to have a career where you're acknowledged in that way. And then you go to being a stay at home mom um, and then having your kids at home all day to do life with you. And, you know, they're not so big on the, on the accolades as much as other people are. They don't (laughs) think you're actually as special as the rest of the world does. You know, (laughs) and so, yes, it can be, I have had to learn to be fulfilled in different ways. And it has been the most freeing part of my journey, the most difficult for sure. But to find that my worth is not in the things that I used to put my worth in and to see the things that my children do appreciate in me and that they value now. It's really, 
I mean, beautiful is really the only word that I can think of because it's just so different than how I believe that this relationship was even supposed to be. You know, it has brought us a totally different level of a relationship. So do you feel you are all the more closer? Oh, absolutely. Your family? Yeah, absolutely. I know my children. One of the first things I write about in the book is that I felt like the school was getting the best hours of the day and I was getting the leftovers. And I was just deeply discontent with the leftovers. I was getting the cranky and the tired and the being the drill sergeant for the homework. And now I get to spend the best hours of the day with them when they're fresh and they're excited and they feel creative. And I get to explore outdoors with them. I mean, we never played outdoors when they were in school. Um, There's no time for that. And they were exhausted. And so just literally every single thing we do now is pretty much together and is to add value to something that we're doing in our lives, whether it be our business or our education or, you know, we're really big on growth mindset and um, emotional intelligence, like knowing who we are. And so just the conversations I get to have with my children that I never experienced growing up. You know, these were the things that I'm just learning now, I guess. As I learn, I get to bring them with me. And that's really cool. Yeah. You know, that's interesting how you just said, you know, even things like playing outside, that you never had a chance to do that with them before. You know, those little things that it seems like, I don't know, you know, it was kind of just, you know, it was a comment you had, you had said and, and moved past, but it really stuck out to me. And something that seems so simple is just taking the time out in nature, just playing outside with their kids that, I mean, so many of us, it's, you know, say, I just don't have time for. You get home from school, they have homework, you have activities, extracurricular things, you just have to eat dinner, and then it's bedtime. And because you got to get up early in the morning, get ready and do it all over again and repeat the cycle. And then by the time, you know, maybe a weekend comes or you have a day, then it's also still activities and get organized for the week and do all those other things you need to do and so that you can repeat the cycle. But those little things that seem so minute that are so, so important get left out. Oh, they really do. And they're when people start and, you know, they want to start homeschooling, you know, what, what do we do? And really, my first thing is just be with them. If you've had your kids in school, then you haven't actually had that opportunity to just be with your child, to just experience life through their eyes a little bit and to know who they are as a human because it gets lost. That really falls through that part of building a relationship with our children really gets lost when we have to send them out of the home for so many hours every day. And it's the most, I think you learn the very most through that, just that simple act of just being with them. As as simple as it sounds, it sounds so silly. And well, anybody can just be with their child. And honestly, I think in the beginning, that was very hard for me to just not have a hundred things to do, to not have a to-do list, to not have a real goal with this other than to just sit in the grass and watch them play, you know, just jump on the trampoline for the first time with them. Because we, we just stopped doing a lot of that. I think once we have careers or they go to school, we stopped taking that, those times. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because I think, yeah, sometimes I still get that to-do list going again and then get in a bit of a frantic rush and then remember, okay, just need to chill out a little bit. (laughs) Yes, I know. It's the same. I mean, I had, I mean, that's why the five-hour school weeks exists, right? I still needed something. I still needed something to put my creative energy into, but I can do the same thing. I can get lost in this and I want to help all the parents in the world. And I have to stop and remind myself that I really need to focus on the little people in my house first, and then that's secondary. You know, that's just a product of getting to live this life with them. So let's talk a little bit about the five-hour school week. It's, uh, yeah, it is. So we, we wrote a book. We were actually just approached to write a book. We, they 
somebody loved our story and said, you should make this into a book. We can help you do that. And I never saw myself as a writer, which is funny because in school, it was the only subject that I actually liked was English. I was always in AP English and AP, you know, I always read way above. That was where I really found my happiness. And then as an adult, I never wrote, I stopped journaling. I was never a blogger. And so when I started this process of the book, I just felt that passion really come back to life. And I had so much fun with it. And I just, I knew that there had to be more parents like myself that didn't know that we had options, that didn't know that they didn't have to keep doing it that way, that didn't have to raise their kids the way that they had been raised, because we're so conditioned and brought up in a way that this is just the line that you follow. Yeah. You know, you go from preschool to kindergarten to elementary school to junior high to high school so that you can get a college degree. That's just the path. We just need to jump through these hoops. And it was such a truly a new idea that there were infinite paths that we could take. I felt like I had been lied to my whole life. Mm, Honestly, I'm like, what? This is out there. I could have started here instead. I have a little bit of envy for unschoolers that, you know, their kids have never been inside a classroom. What a, those are the most beautiful stories um, to me. And so I just wanted to share with parents what I didn't know so that maybe it would save them some of the heartache or maybe it wouldn't feel so scary because I was so fear-based in this decision, you know, for so long. And it really just came down to the, the fact of, you know, the five hours comes with extreme focus on an area of study that means something to us, you know, we can master it more quickly. And so that's really our philosophy is that the girls choose what they want to learn. And in incremental time pieces, they learn those things. They really intentionally focus on this is something that I want to learn and I'm going to go about learning it until you know, I'm a master in it or I can teach it. That's really how they know that they know it well enough if they can teach it to each other. And so they practice that out and then they move on to the next thing. And sometimes it looks really chaotic. You know, sometimes they'll jump on to, I use time for learning, very basic academic curriculum online. I don't make them fall. I let them construct their own plan you know, and so some days they'll do 20 minutes of math, 20 minutes of science and 20 minutes of literature. And they'll call that their day. And then sometimes they will be just, my oldest will just be stuck in US history for three months and just learn everything and go through multiple grades of US history because she's just so fascinated. And then, and then it'll change direction into something else. And so it, it never really looks the same. Um, and each child, it looks different, but we do try to academically focus on something in a more traditional way for at least an hour a day. And whatever that looks like, worksheets, online, flashcards, apps. I mean, they really can choose, but it, but for me, just an academic focus on something specific, it brings me ease you know, and they still get to pick. So yeah. <laughs> that's what we do. And right. then, yeah. and then the rest of the time we do all the other fun stuff, our passion projects, languages. Right now we're working on French because we're going to Paris uh, for Thanksgiving. Ooh, and okay. so just those sort of things, they just build in based on our travels or what they want to know or do. So I like that. Okay. So they have, there's an extreme focus. So each of the kids see your your four kids, they have an area that they, so one, for one, it could be, um, like you said, history, you know, U.S. history of the 1800s kind of thing. Another, it could be a painter, 
you know, um, have, have Van Gogh yeah. or something like that. Another, it could be a book, yeah. um, Charlotte's Web and E.B. White or something and, and literature uh, around that. Or it could be different for each one or it could be public speaking or something like that. And they focus on that area that's really caught their attention, a flower, or really it's up to them what they want to focus on and to become a master yeah. at. Okay. And, and that, um, but the one hour a day is for their academic focus, whether it's math or writing or science lesson. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All the rest of the time is for their passion, for their focus area. And I say that and it, and that turns into a lot of different things. Like part of our passion, you know, is we'll spend 40 minutes with me reading out loud to them. And so that's not part of the five hours, even though people consider that homeschooling, I guess. You know, we always have a book going that we're reading out loud. My oldest, yeah. Madeline, is right now obsessed, like in deep on making stop motions with her dolls. She has these American Girl dolls and she brings them to life with these stop motions. But she has to take like thousands of photos to just get a few minutes of yeah. footage. <laughs> And she will do that all like all day. She films episodes and we've recently allowed her to have her own Instagram account for her dolls because she's creating a YouTube channel and like a whole series of videos of her dolls. They're and they're funny and they're hilarious to watch. And she sews the clothes so that they have costumes. So she's now taught herself to sew, wow. to build sets to to market herself, to get followers, to come and watch these things. And the amount of learning that she does with that project, I mean, she's, it's insane. It's monumental. And it's so fun to watch her do that. And so that's really my goal for all of them is to find that thing that they just gravitate towards and they want to be obsessive about. And Right now at 12, Maddie has found hers and I feel so lucky. And the other ones are kind of still on that journey. And that's a fun journey because we get to try all the things all the time. It's just that constant trying something new and picking it up. And how does this feel? And, you know, how does this make you feel? And what can you take from this? And, you know, until they find their thing, they're just, that's where they want to spend the majority of their time. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Are, are you able to, is she, can you share her oh, yeah. Instagram account or her, does she yes. have her YouTube yeah. up yet? What is it? Because I can include oh, that in oh, the show notes that. as well. Um, Maddie's Life AG is her handle. And I think that's her YouTube channel. And it's M-A-D-D-Y? Yeah, Maddie's Life AG for American Girl. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And and she's really fun to watch. Okay. And she's and she's getting so good at photography. That's because so now she goes, Oh, I need to learn how to take better photos, you know, for my grid. She just and she listens to all of these mm-hmm. people and takes the classes and it's just really fascinating to watch the things that she knows that she needs to learn to get the results that she wants. Right. And she's like, that's her motivation. She, you know, her, her creation, her, her project, she sees it unfold, what she's learning. And she's, she's doing it because it's, it's part of her passion and what she's focused on and loves to do. So yeah, that's amazing. Really, if you think all of the intricate details, all of the, you know, and even things like the critical eye and layout and design and, you know, writing and putting together the structure of, you know, her her shows, there's so much that goes into that pro- process, artistically, problem solving, critical thinking, everything that really you and because she has the time and space to do that and you're supporting her on, on those resources and just, you know, emotional support as well that she couldn't really get in a school in order to do that. Like some people would say, well, maybe, you know, you could do that after school. But, you know, again, it's it's a little bit of a limited time space in that as well. Right. She can so fully just dive into that that's you know yeah that is an amazing project really and it it really solidifies though for me because we we do want proof as parents I feel like most of us uh, crave that a little bit like is this working 
And watching her in that space goes, oh, this is how it works. This is so cool to see this work like this. Because she really is learning so so many important things that she just wouldn't get in a classroom. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Very fun. Yeah, that is huge. So, you know, I, I know we're also coming to our time here too, but I, I would like to ask as well, you know, what advice, because I know parents contact you who are maybe in the beginning stages, who are thinking about homeschooling, uh, who maybe have started on the journey, but are still, you know, like we, you say, we, I think we still, we still have those fears. You get to different stages and you think, am I still doing the right thing? You know, what, you know, what am I providing what they really need? What advice would you give to parents who are, let's say, starting out on the journey, are really curious and are just, you know, would like to dip their toe in, but still are a bit anxious about it? I I truly love pointing out the resources that really gave me all of my confidence and helped me on this journey. You know, reading uh, Free to Learn by Peter Gray, um, anything by... Um, John Taylor Gatto. It, um, I love Free Range Kids was a huge one uh, for me from Lenore. Yeah. Yes. I loved that book. Um, Most Likely to Succeed was massive as an entrepreneur and just knowing that success can look differently by like Ted Dintersmith wrote that one. And so just and finding podcasts like yours uh, finding the resources and the people that have, that are doing this and that it's, it's working in their lives because we don't have to do this alone. One of, I was so scared because I was leaving my community and I didn't have a ton of support when we stepped into, um, a different sort of education. When you're stepping out of the school system, you feel like you're losing a lot. And it's just reminding parents there's so much to gain and to really trust, to really trust the people that have walked before us on this. When people speak of de-schooling, how critically important that actually is if you're taking kids from a school and trying to implement um, an unschooling environment. And just giving yourself a break to know that you are on a learning journey as well. This isn't just about educating your child, but educating as a whole family. And that that is going to come with growing pains and that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. It just means it's going to take some time, you know? And I, I just really... I feel blessed because I had a few people tell me that as I was walking through the hard parts to just know like this is part of the process. And once you get through it, you're going to find like a beautiful rhythm. And we, and we do. And then that rhythm changes. And to just know that like flexibility is key because this gets to be about freedom. We're not trading one box to jump into another one. You know, I really hate when we go, oh, we're just unschoolers or we're just world schoolers or there should really be, I mean, we really are just learners is what it comes down to. And we don't have to, to box ourselves in no matter what. I think that's my biggest takeaway from this that I would love all parents to just get to experience that. Right. You don't have to choose a label and then say, okay, that's what I am. And this is, I'm going to follow this exactly to a T in order to be this an unschooler or yeah, having the flexibility and know what works for you and the joy and freedom of that. That's the beauty of it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I agree. It's, you have those, those difficult moments, but you get through them, but also it's part of the process. And you look back and say, oh, okay, wow, I learned actually so much from those difficult moments. I, yeah, I agree. Give yourself a break as well. Don't be so hard on yourself because you'll get through it and it'll be better. Yeah. And be your best self, right? Like we were talking about earlier, just don't like live, like dig into your passion. That's the, that's really what Mm -hmm. I should say is dig into your own passion, like find your creativity, find the things that fill you up and bring you joy as a parent. And, you know, and do the healthy things and the things that light you up because 
because above all, no matter what we tell them, they are just watching. They are watching how we do relationships with other people. They're watching us in our marriage. And that's what they're going to take the most of. And to see happy, healthy parents should be our, our ultimate, I think, for them. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they are just watching. That's right. And that's what they take. I agree. Well, that I think that sums it up beautifully. Thank you. <laughs> I agree 100%. Yay. So, <laughs> so what, what I will do as well is, um, and you gave so many great resources and tippets, I'm going to in- include them in the show notes. And as well, I will include links to Five Hour School Week because if um, any of the listeners have not been in touch with you yet, you have a YouTube channel, you have a blog, you have an Instagram account and a Facebook account as well. Is there any way if someone does want to get in touch with you directly, should they go through your blog, your Facebook or Instagram or um, how, how can they do that? Yeah, through uh, Instagram and Facebook or just directly emailing me. Uh, I have a one link on my Instagram in my bio that can take you to all the places to find me. So our okay. YouTube series and all of that stuff. And um, yeah, and I love when people and parents reach out to me. Perfect. And I'll include that in the show notes along with many of the other, because like Hands and Feet Project as well, I can include that. Um, you know, Maddie's Life AG, <laughs> I'll absolutely include that as well. And I'm going to check it out myself after when we hang up too. Um, yes, Maddie, she'll love that. And yeah, those are the places to find me. Okay, perfect. All right. Thanks, Kalina. Thanks for joining me. I, I love this time and interview and um, I'm looking forward to sharing it with the Honey and Homeschooling community. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Robin, and just for the amazing resource that you are. You have the most just incredible guests. And I learn so much from each and every single one of your podcasts. So um, really to be on here was such an honor to speak with you today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That encourages me to keep going too. So this is my creative, this is my creative project. So know that, uh, you know, this is one of the things that fills me up as well and that my kids get to see me creating and doing as well. So I totally get you when you say, you know, it's important to to do your thing and to follow that passion as a parent as well. So I, but I appreciate that. It's, it's great. It's great encouragement for me. So, all right. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, leave a review or comment. I'd love to hear your thoughts, ideas, and reflections on the episode. You can go to the website, imhomeschooling.com or email me directly, robin at imhomeschooling.com. Thank you.